Well, I think the warm weather is bringing some of us back here. It's increasing our numbers. It's good to see. And of course, we've got Carlo back from Florida. I'm going to embarrass him. It's good to have him back. Um, this morning, I'd like to uh, reflect upon St. Peter. And uh, I, I really, I love this time of the year because as we travel through the various events of Christ's passion, we see all of these different figures start to come out. You know, most of the Gospels are written in it's Jesus' parables or maybe his miracles that he does. Um, but then it's really at the end of the Gospels where we, we read about the passion narrative where we see all these personalities start to come into play. All of these different interactions. And, and everybody's got a different way of relating to Jesus and a, and a kind of a different strength or weakness, mostly weakness, uh, a way that they betrayed Christ, a way that they sinned. And we've got here, we've got Judas on the one hand and we've got Peter on the other. And both of them betrayed Jesus. Both of them sinned, but in very different ways. In years past, um, I'd give a homily on Judas. I think today I'll, I'll give a homily here on, on Peter, St. Peter. Peter's sin uh, in denying Christ three times, um, a few things to know. First of all, Peter, unlike Judas, was very sincere. So so Jesus says, someone's going to deny me. And all the apostles were very disturbed about this. And they thought to themselves, well, I don't currently have the intention of denying Jesus, but maybe... Tomorrow I will, and he's predicting that I will. And so it really got them shooken up and worried. And so they were all really earnestly, sincerely asking Jesus, wait a second, is it, am I going to be the one that does this? Oh no. And I, I think all of us too, you know, there's kind of a, I think, a healthy uh, anxiety that we should have right towards the end of our life because we might very well have the intention now of serving Christ. But we, we can't predict the state of our will and the state of our mind 10 years from now okay in the future we don't know and uh so you know uh, saint philip neri i love what he says he he wakes up in the morning and he says to god lord beware of philip beware of philip he can betray you so i i wake up every morning and i say beware of this guy dave beware of him be, be leery of him because he can betray you and it simultaneously, become, you know, making yourself aware that you very well could betray Christ, you ask him for the grace not to. Okay, so uh, and this really gets to the heart of what, where Peter's problem lay. Uh, there really are three causes behind Peter's downfall. First of all, he was overconfident. Okay, he trusted too much in his own strength. We don't have it within us. To serve God. We can't just sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to obey God's law. Yep, that sounds good to me. I'm going to do that. The strength and the ability, even the will and the desire to do so comes from God's grace. So we need to pray for it. And so that leads us to the second problem with Peter is he didn't pray. Okay? If we can recall the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, Jesus says to his three closest apostles, Peter, and John and James, he says, stay here, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pray. And you pray, with, watch, watch with me and pray with me. And he comes back, what were they doing? Were they praying? They were snoozing. Okay, so they were snoozing. 
And Jesus says, get up, pray that you do not enter into temptation. Now, temptation, it's the same, that phrase that Jesus used there in the Garden of Gethsemane is the exact same phrase that we pray when we pray the Our Father. Lead us not into temptation. Temptation can be, can have one or two meanings in sacred scripture. On the one hand, probably the, the meaning that most of us think of when we think of temptation is that solicitation of our desire or a temptation from an external um, object or uh, maybe a, a demonic suggestion, whatever it might be, it's a solicitation, uh, a drawing of our wills in the direction of sin. Okay, that's one meaning of temptation. But there is another meaning of temptation in Scripture, and that is it stands in for actually having consented to the temptation, actually having, uh, having fallen, actually having sinned. And so when we pray in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation, what we're actually praying is, Lead us not into spiritual destruction. Lead us not into uh, spiritual ruin. Uh, lead us not into a fall into sin. That's what we're really praying when we pray, lead us not into temptation in the Our Father. And that's what Christ meant in the garden. He says, pray lest you fall into spiritual sin, into spiritual ruin, and into sin. So uh, Peter's second issue was he, his lack of prayer. And that, that's really the key. Um, and then finally, he was he was hanging out with the wrong crowd. He was hanging out with the wrong crowd. Peter, uh, what he did is he kind of thought he could kind of do two things. He thought he could follow Christ, you know. So so pretty much all the apostles fled. All right, they were afraid after Christ was arrested in the garden. Uh, Peter, though, kind of he fled initially, but then he kind of came back and he was going to follow Christ to his trial and to his death. But he was doing it at a distance and he was kind of, he didn't want anybody else to know that he was following Christ. So he kind of, oh, I'm going to hang out a little bit in the background and sit down with, remember he sits down with the girl at the fire and they're warming their hands and he's got two or three other people sitting there. And he just looks like one of everybody else. No one can tell he's following Jesus. He looks just like everybody else. So here he is warming his hands with everybody else and they say, hey, wait a second. Aren't you... Wait, who, you're one of his followers, aren't you? You see, but he had already kind of identified himself with the wrong crowd. And, uh, and that was the, he felt the peer pressure on him, and so he denied Christ. He says, no, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. And so for us, do we, do we rely too much on our own strength in a very presumptuous manner? Do we fail to pray? Do we hang out with the wrong crowd and subject ourselves to situations such that we're going to feel the pressure of, uh, you know, social pressure? to essentially fail to live up to our Christian uh, obligations. These are the causes behind Peter's fall. But there are, just as much as there are three reasons behind Peter's fall, there are three ways in which Peter's penance was great, was very great. His penance was excellent, uh, wonderful, and magnificent. Um, he, uh, he, when he realized and came to his senses of what he had done, he wept bitterly. They're not crocodile tears that he wept. Those were tears of true, deep, perfect contrition. Remember, there's two kinds of contrition, two kinds of sorrow for sin. On the one hand, you can be sorry for sin because you fear uh, the negative consequences of your sin, uh, eternal damnation. And it's a legitimate motive, but it's a, it's a much lesser motive than the, the higher motive for true, deeper sorrow is, is out of love, that you violated your friendship and your love. Uh, for God. And uh, that's perfect, what's called perfect contrition. Peter had perfect contrition. 
He loved Jesus deeply. And when he realized that he had betrayed him, he was so deeply sorry out of, out of fear, sure, but, but out of more, more importantly, out of, the, out of love. He was so deeply sorry that he had betrayed Christ. And the rest of his life was an act of penance. The rest of his ministry, his apostolic labors, his priestly ministry, was an expression of his penance. Jesus, just as much as Peter denied Christ three times, Peter makes him say, I, I love you three times at the end of the Gospel of John. And uh, he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. So his whole priestly ministry for the 30 plus years that he ministered after Christ's death and resurrection and ascension was born out of that contrition, deep sorrow for having betrayed Christ. Uh, and then finally, we hear in this passage, Peter, Jesus says to Peter, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow later. And we know that Peter eventually would go to Rome and he would be crucified. He would walk in the exact same footsteps of his master, of his Lord. And instead of drawing back from the cross and that, that time at the end of his life, at the consummation of his ministry and his meaning and purpose in life, he was faithful to the cross and he went right to it and he was crucified. Tradition says upside down. Um, because, you know, he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified right upside, uh, right like his master. And, um, but he embraced that cross out of love. And so that even that final act of his life of martyrdom was an act of sincere contrition um, and love for Christ. And God, in his infinite wisdom, he permitted this uh, bad, heinous sin to be committed by the greatest, the, the prince of the apostles for, for, for a number of reasons, for three reasons, okay? First of all, it humbled Peter. Humility is very, very important. And it taught him to rely on God's grace, because remember, that was his first mistake. Is he was overconfident in his own strength. He didn't rely on God's, on God's uh, grace. So it taught him, that sin taught him to rely on God's grace. And it also made him understand other people so that he could minister to those who were weak. And Because he, he knew himself what weakness was. So he could be a more effective minister. And then finally, of course, it gave all of us uh, an example, a great example of God's mercy, that God is truly forgiving and merciful to those who are truly penitent.